Hello again. It's Tuesday, December 20th at 11, 12 a.m. And uh, we're actually still in Pittsburgh. We decided we were supposed to head home yesterday. We decided to stay an extra day just because there's so much to do and we didn't get a chance to see everything. But my lovely wife, Monica, and I, we are finally heading out. We're hitting the road. Google Maps says we should be home in about six hours, which is great. We get a couple days, like three, four days back at home. Back to the day grind, day job, work, see your cats, you know, just relax, live our life, all that. And then this weekend, um, actually Sunday, Monday, we are back on the road again. We're heading back into America and going down to New York for the Glitter Bombs. We've rented out a venue in New York City. We're heading there. It's uh, another big time show. This is our fourth annual glitter bombs this year so the whole glitter audience is going to be on hand presenting awards along with some other friends of ours we've invited all the winners to come and accept their awards in person we'll see who shows up and who doesn't we've got fabulous guest host ian riccaboni our regular announcer rich fan i believe is going to be doing it again i think em needs to confirm with him still but that is monday happening in new york the episode should be dropping on tuesday barring any technical difficulties very exciting times here in Grin and Glitter land. So I uh, gotta hit the boat now and then we'll be heading home soon. Hey Rich. So it's Glitter Bomb season again and we would like you to announce again if you are interested. Yeah, so this year we've booked a VFW hall in Poughkeepsie for Monday, December the 26th. We'll, you know, we'll pay you the same rate as last year, of course, cover all the airfare and hotel for you and the family. Gotta see Melissa and the kids. What do you think? Of course. It's not only a yearly joy for me to do the announcing, but I live here, so it's nice and cheap, too, on your end. Wednesday, December 21st, 9.04 a.m. About an hour after we left Pittsburgh, the snow hit. And as you heard in last week's episode, regular listeners, streets in Pittsburgh are notoriously confusing and curvy and they go up and down and left and right and shoot you around in circles. And it's confusing during the best of times. I'd imagine on a summer day for a tourist to be a lot of work. So on a winter day when things are icy and then when you can't see five feet in front of your face because of the snow, nightmarish. We drove, I don't know, 10 hours maybe in circles, I guess, sort of in circles, in concentric circles. We thought we were heading north, east, back to Canada, back to Toronto. We were instead heading west and north more or less. By the time the snow thinned out and we figured out where we were, it was dark. It was late and we were in the state of Illinois. Not the right direction at all. So we just wound up getting a cheap hotel in Chicago for the night. Woke up bright and early this morning. The skies are clear at the moment. The forecast says it should be okay. And we're gonna be heading out soon and heading back on the road, hopefully this time in the right direction, hopefully heading towards Canada, towards Toronto, because uh, we've like overstayed our trip by two days now at this point, and we need to get home today, one way or another. Um, that's it, yeah. Um, heading out soon, and 
hoping for the best because yesterday, I mean, it can't get any worse than yesterday. Yesterday was the worst. It's got to be all clear sailing from here. Okay, Glitterati. So, Harley's had some travel troubles. So, he's not actually home yet. But we talked this morning and everything's on schedule for the big award show. So, no worries. We are good to go. Doors open at 7 on Monday, but we can load in at 1 p.m., okay? 1 p.m. sharp. 1 p.m. If you are on time, you are late. Remember that. Megan, you are on hair and makeup. Mayday, you're captaining production. Um, all the audio techs and lighting people will be coming to you. So, you. Pancakes, you're smoothing our guests. So, our presenters, our host, Ian, of course. And, you know, any of the wrestlers who show up to accept their awards. I don't think anyone from WWE or AEW is really going to show up to accept their awards. But, you know what? You never know. It's the holidays. They have a little bit of time on their hands, don't they? <laughs> um Oh, uh, Jackie, Rockstar, I have you on green room duty. That's coordinating the caterers and all the teens I roped in for my library. Yeah, volunteers, okay? Uh, make sure they don't eat all the snacks. They will try to eat all the snacks. Okay, cool. Um, there's a lot happening, but we've got this. I don't foresee any problems. Me, 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 me. How now, brown cow? The anarchists had oddly shaped feet. The tips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The tips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Friday, December 23rd, destination unknown. Our GPS stopped working a while ago. Like, we, we're not even connected to satellites anymore, so I'm not actually sure where we are. All I know is we've been driving for literally days. Last place we checked in was a gas station this morning after literally sleeping in the car last night on, like, the side of this country road. Got the gas station, confirmed that we were in, at the time, we were in Springfield. Which Springfield? I don't know. There's like, aren't there like 40 Springfields in America? I could not get any more information out of him. He was quite unresponsive. Uh, so we're just driving. We're just driving and hoping we find like some sort of city or big town soon because this is insane now. We're tired. We're exhausted. We're sweaty. We haven't showered in a couple of days and we just want to get home and we don't know where we are. The only plus is that the weather has been good. There hasn't been any snow all today in the skies or on the streets which actually maybe is not a good sign i don't know because yeah there's no snow around and we actually have the windows down that's how nice it is so that's it's december 23rd that's probably not a good sign um okay uh so uh rich um i don't know how to put this uh I think we lost Harley. Um, I don't mean like lost him in a metaphorical sense or an existential sense. I mean, I literally think he is lost. Um, I haven't heard from him in two days. And the glitter bombs, um, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Him him and Monica, I, 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 don't, I don't know where he is. But you know what? The glitter bombs is his life. And I know that he would want the show to go on no matter what. So I don't know if like they got caught in the polar vortex or if he's in jail for smuggling kinders eggs into the United States. Um, but Rich, I need you to step up. Will you be my co-host for this year's 
glitter bomb. It would be a dream come true, but I didn't want to overstep. If it's good with y'all, it's good with me. Day six. I don't even know if you guys can hear this or get this. We literally left Pittsburgh six days ago, and we aren't home yet. We've been to Chicago. We drove through a desert. We saw a giant apple, like a touristy attraction, not like an actual apple, but we saw like the world's largest apple, supposedly. It's, I don't know, at this point, it's not even exciting anymore. We stood in four states at the same time. That's something, I guess, one for the record books. If this was a planned trip, that'd be cool. But if it's you just exhausted and with no change of clothes trying to get home to a different country, it's not really fun anymore. And I think we're going to miss the glitter bombs. And I, yeah, I don't know. We're broke. We still don't really know where we are. Like, we saw an ocean this morning, I think. It was the Atlantic Ocean. I'm hoping it was the Atlantic Ocean because if it wasn't, then we are really in trouble. About an hour ago, we passed a road sign. I didn't get a good look. It said new something. New York, New Jersey, New Mexico. God, God help me. I don't know. So we're just driving like usual, just driving and picking a direction basically as we hit landmarks. There's a town up ahead. Fingers crossed. All right, people, places, we are live in 10. Ian, you got this. Rich, are you good to go? All right, gonna host. Let's go. We got this. Let's go. Let's ride. Let's ride. Okay, this is Hinkley. Left here. Then right at the end. Left on Parker. Oh my god, you hear that? Oh my god. Wait, wait, wait. I think I hear something. Live from New York City, it's the 2022 Glitter Bombs. Introducing your hosts, Emily Fear and Harley R. Patchy. It's us. Hello. It is the Glitter Bombs, the 2022 Glitter Bombs, the fourth annual Hurting M. My name is Harley, and we're here. And it's just easy breezy. Just another beautiful Glitter Bombs. No problems whatsoever. It's been a smooth sailing this whole weekend, honestly, like nothing, no problems to speak of. Just com- completely smooth process, just like last year and the year before. We are, we are just, you know, so excited to bring you this year's awards and have had no trouble in bringing them to you. Fourth annual Glitter Bombs. 
We are the hosts and founders of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. Every December, we host these year-end awards. From December 1st to December 14th, voting is open. Anybody with internet access can vote in a variety of categories honoring the best in women's wrestling. That's women's with a plus because we celebrate wrestlers of all marginalized genders in these awards. That's right. Um, a lot of podcasts will give you a uh, more narrow category or maybe much more broad categorization for their focus point. But Britain Glitter, from its foundation, has always been about women's wrestling and everyone who is non-cis male in wrestling. So um, non-binary wrestlers, transgender wrestlers, we welcome the uh, and, rep- and hope to help represent the voices in wrestling um, that have heretofore been less represented. Um, so yes, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for joining us for this year's Glitter Bombs. And we hope that we get to honor, um, some of your favorite people this year. Tradition for the Glitter Bombs is that we provide no nominees or guiding process ourselves. So we're not going into a category like favorite take team saying, here's the five choices, pick one. We're leaving all these fields blank and it's up to you to decide who the nominees are in each category. Wrestlers of any promotion from any country are eligible. So you voted, we tallied the results. The top five vote getters in each category are your nominees here tonight. The winner is chosen by you. That's it. If you got any complaints, discuss amongst yourselves, okay? Because all we did is add them up. We're just the math people here. Yeah, and I mean, it's worth mentioning that if you um, are listening to our show for the first time, or if you're a very new listener, you may be unaware of the fact that we don't do regular coverage of WWE or even AEW or even as much as their women's division kills it, Impact. Uh, we tend to cover a really wide swath of the world of wrestling, which means that our listener base is representative of people who watch everything from the tiniest indies to the, the biggest wrestling promotions in the world. Um, so a lot of the winners here are maybe names that you will be unfamiliar with. Maybe these are names that you've only heard, but you haven't actually gotten to see in action. And that's a good thing. Um, take these as a vote of confidence. Take these as people that you need to, to check out, um, people you need to make a point of seeing, whether it's in stream or in person. And yeah, maybe learn a couple of new potential favorites for yourself for 2023. To present the awards tonight, we're joined by our team of correspondents known as the Glitterati, as well as a bunch of our other friends and fans our announcer for the evening is the indispensable Richard Fan III. Let's turn things over to him now as he welcomes our special celebrity guest host for this year's Glitter Bombs. At this time, please stand to welcome your master of ceremonies for the evening. He is the voice of Ring of Honor and our sworn enemy of Chris Jericho, Ian Riccoboni. Hello, everyone. It is Ian Riccoboni, and I want to thank you so much for joining us here at the 2022 Glitter Bomb Awards here on the Grit and Glitter podcast. I want to thank Harley and M and the Glitterati for having me as your host this year. You know, 2022 was such an exciting time for women's professional wrestling. I think back to the beginning of the year where I was suddenly the Forrest Gump of women's professional wrestling. I was in the building for a lot of the, the huge and major moments in women's professional wrestling when the Ring of Honor World Championship was defended and changed hands in Impact, of all places, where Deanna Perrazzo, longtime Ring of Honor star, defeated 
Roxy, Roxanne Perez, to capture the championship. I was also there when Mercedes Martinez defeated Willow Nightingale at Supercard of Honor to become the interim champion. Those reigns fused together. Mercedes the champion, Athena defeating her at final battle. What a year for just the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. And how about the AEW Women's World Championship? I was in the building for a number of the classic moments, classic bouts. And Jamie Hayter now representing that championship so well. Uh, it, it's just incredible to think, uh, you know, the, the level of competition that we're seeing right now in women's professional wrestling. I, I am biased. That's why they did not let me vote on these awards this year. You know, my colleague Willow, she was, she's up for best signing, best babyface. Roxy for future star. Britt Baker, someone I've known for quite some time up for best blood. I will not be deciding these votes. I am here for only the proceedings, for the ceremony, for the pageantry, the pomp, the circumstance. For your awards... I will turn you over to my good friends Harley and M, who are taking a look back at the year that was 2022. I want to thank you for having me, and I wish everyone happy holidays and happy wrestling, everybody. Our first award of the night goes to the wrestler who was the biggest pickup for their company this year. Here to present the award for biggest debut or signing is Indie Wrestling's number one fan, Val Pancakes. When looking at a big debut or signing, I see it as something that elevates the company doing the signing, as well as the person being signed. It's also something that's surprising. To me, it's more surprising for an indie talent to sign with a big company than it is for an already established talent to switch companies. That being said, the nominees for biggest debut or signing are Soraya to AEW, Masha Slamovich to Impact, Tony Storm to AEW, Roxanne Perez to WWE, and Willow Nightingale to AEW. And the Glitter Bomb goes to Willow Nightingale to AEW. When the Glitter Bombs opened December 1st and we had no nominees yet, no names even submitted, I thought, this is a shoo-in. Soraya's going to win, for sure, obviously. Like she's a she's like a legend in the last ten years of women's wrestling. She was the first NXT women's champion. She was a big time star on the WWE main roster. Like Brian Danielson, she had her career tragically cut short, and now she's like coming back from from what we thought she would never wrestle again. And she's being presented as this feature star in AEW. I thought it's obvious. Like this is gonna be a this gonna be a runaway. Nobody else has a shot at winning this one. Anyone hearing you say that, anyone thinking about it would probably have maybe not necessarily completely agreed, but said, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But no, no, our nope. listeners gave it to Willow Nightingale. Why do you think that is? Is it just the fact that Willow's so beloved? <laughs> yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's because our listeners love Willow Nightingale, which like I'm going to be honest. I think that there's, I think, I think you are right to have assumed that Soraya was a bigger deal. But I also think that Willow was a signing that um, had this kind of long gestation period, similar to how they've done with a couple other wrestlers in AEW, where they were all but signed, right? The way they used Wheeler Yuta for a while um, in AEW before they had officially announced signing him, um, they did the same thing with Willow Nightingale. And to like greater and greater and greater audience response to the point where it kind of just forced their hand to like really make that full and commitment. 
Um, so that signing to me was inevitable, but also highly anticipated and, and desired, which made it all the more satisfying when it was like instant real. But I do think the biggest reason that Willow is our winner in this category is because our listenership just really loves Willow and you can't blame them. Well, the category's biggest debut or signing of the five nominees in this category, Soraya, I think inarguably, had the biggest debut. She had the biggest mm-hmm. like single moment of the first time she walked out in this promotion, the first time she cut a promo, the first big match. But if we think of it, if we look at the other side of it, a biggest signing, then you're kind of looking at the future. You're looking at long term. And I can see people saying like, well, Willow is somebody who you can who can be the top baby face in your company, in your division for years and years and years to come. Saraya is back now. She's wrestling again. Cool. She's had, what, one match since she came back? Maybe two? Is she going to be around for another 10 years? Is she going to be a long-term investment in this company? Or is this going to be sort of a brief epilogue to her career? Is Has she already done all the biggest things which she'll be remembered for 20 years from now? I don't really know how... I. I... I guess I really don't know what assumption to make there because I would find it so abysmal to think that the best years of her career are already well behind her. And I think what she's able to do now could put her in a different category of wrestler, absolutely, and maybe the best wrestling she has ever done that's just like pure like ability and strength etc maybe that era is behind her for lots of reasons her injury included but also maybe there's more to the height of your career than simply the height of your specific powers as a, as a wrestler maybe this is the era where she gets she finds a new a new voice on the mic maybe she i mean even in her time in aew she has gone from being a little bit rusty in her promos to to being much more solid and consistent with her mic time. So, you know, maybe we get to see her evolve into something else. Maybe we get to see her continued evolution of her character, her ring character. And that's something that I think her fan base wants to see. Like, I think people are grateful that she is back in any capacity, but especially considering the fact that she can actually come back and she can wrestle. Um, just the way that people were, were relieved that Danielson was still back and, and was going to wrestle. So I don't know. It's hard for me to answer that. I, I want the best for her, obviously. I don't think anyone wants, really wants to root against her. Um, I was kind of blasé about her introduction to AEW because of what they do with their women's division in general. But I have to say, like with recent developments in the women's division, I do believe that she can be part of this as a catalyst. So I don't know. This was this was a cool signing. It was a cool debut for her. Um, it's a new chapter in her career, and I hope it goes. I hope it goes a distance. I hope she gets to take it as far as she wants to take it. Well, this is Willow's second glitter bomb win after winning Best Babyface last year in the 2021 Glitter Bomb Awards. Yep, I mean she is a perennial favorite amongst our listeners, as we have said. <laughs> she has beloved. When the code of honor just isn't cutting it anymore it's time to embrace your dark side presenting the award for best heel is eddie kingston's personal portrait artist lindsey baker 
So what makes a good heal? For me, it comes down to a couple things. The level of mischief and trickery that they get up to, any run-ins, distracting a ref, that sort of stuff. I love it. How well do they manipulate the audience? Is it something that you hate in real life? Or are they just fun to boo and it feels good? But ultimately, what I like about heels is they're more relatable and they're more fun, let's be real. Some of the best women heels that I can think of are the fabulous Lana Starr from WOW, Ivory, like with Right to Censor, Nina Tochka from the original Glow, and Matilda the Hun, Exile from the current day WoW, and China and her DX. She might have been more of a tweener, but whatever. I'm calling her a heel for the sake of argument. Now, the nominees for Best Heel are Britt Baker, Diana Perrazzo, Bailey, and Masha Slamovich. And the glitter bomb goes to Bailey. Awesome. I love her. I love her new haircut. That's it. That's Bailey. Way to go. All right. Interesting batch of nominees in this one because we're arguably looking at like the top heels in the top three American promotions. You've got Gianna and Masha out of Impact. You got Britt Baker out of AEW. You got Bailey out of WWE. I don't follow WWE enough to know who the other top heels are right now. I guess Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. AEW obviously yeah. has Jade Cargill. John and Masha are top of the top of the heap in impact though for sure. Yeah, I was a little surprised that Jade didn't make this list. Um, but again, like I, I do think that of of the nominees, of our like the total names that have been nominated for this, this does represent like the kind of top echelon of the of the major promotions working today. Um and yeah, I, I think it's a really nice mix here too, because I do think all four of these women have a different way of playing their heel persona, which is it's nice to see in like your like top four. Yeah, I think these four especially are here. Like this is a rare case of the glitter bombs where we don't have any any independent wrestlers nominated in this category. <laughs> Usually, the yeah. glitter bombs is dominated by independent wrestlers. But I think the reason that we wind up with these four in particular are that they were really given material to work with this year. They were given chances mm -hmm. to cut promos, they were given storylines to tell, they were giving opportunities and like heroes to antagonize. So they were really given that chance to shine and show off like, oh, I can be a villain and different types of villains. Like you said, Britt Baker, very different from Masha Slamovich. Diana and Bailey, different types of dickheads in their way. <laughs> so what do you think clinched Bailey's win here? That's an interesting question because Bailey won this category in the past. She won best heel in 2020. Last year didn't take it because she, Britt Baker took it last year because Bailey had a bit of a quiet year on screen, but she came back and won it again this year for the second time. I think, hmm. Bailey, I believe, is still beloved by majority of people, but also, like, she's a heel where you you enjoy playing along with her. Britt Baker has a lot of like legitimate detractors, people who don't, who are like tired of seeing her like go away heat in certain camps. I don't think Bailey has something like that. I think even the people, I think everybody loves Bailey and enjoys. Booing her 
and seeing like what kind of nonsense she's going to get up to next and reinventing herself to an extent with this new stable with Dakota and Yoshirai is a chance for her to show again a slightly different version of herself last time around 2020 when she won she was kind of doing the like Karen type gimmick she had almost like a like a, a soccer mom haircut and she was being really complainy a lot and damage control Bailey is different than that yeah, I think it was a smart reinvention or, or re- resetting of her heel persona or like an evolving form of it. Um, it doesn't hurt that like she is now partnered with two like women who who very much are like well suited to serve in a stable with her charisma. Um, I, I do one one thing I really think is carrying her to the top of this list and have you know carried her to the top of the list when she won best heel before is because i think people are really impressed with how well she's playing this persona after so long being a baby face and the fact that she can do it in different forms she can make it multifaceted she can now carry a stable as a heel i think that that's telling of of bailey's like her performance powers and the fact that she was out her injury for like most of this year, right? Um, coming back so strong and being able to carry this category after not being like really visible for a while, um, that that speaks to her as well. So yeah, I think it's it's cool. I mean, <clears throat> I don't watch WWE enough to feel one way or another about it, like personally, but I can see this as a credible win. For me, I just really enjoy what um, Tiana and Masha have been able to do in their roles in Impact. And I do think that um, just generally the strength of their women's division in Impact also serves um, their character development so well. And um, these women have found to shine in their their time there, especially Deanna, who like, you know, we, we loved her work in ROH, the bit that we were able to see um, was just generally wasted in NXT. And got to, you know, come to impact really just own her powers and be like really come into her own and come into the spotlight and really like come full force into her heel persona in a way that suits her so beautifully. Um, I'm just never not compelled by what she does in impact. And Masha, I mean, Masha's just a force of nature. So I, I probably would have opted for these as the win over our actual winner, but I gotta say, I can't argue with our voters here. It was nice to see Impact get a decent amount of representation in the nominees this year. We've had some people who have been watching Impact the last two, three years have really been shouting out how good their WIMS division is. People, Regular Impact viewers will go on the record and say Impact has the best WIMS division in North America right now. But in the previous three years of the Glitter Bombs, Impact Wrestling has only won one award. That was in our very first year, 2019. It was Best Feud, which was Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. And they haven't won any awards since then. They didn't win this one either. But the fact that they had half the nominees in Best Heel came from Impact, I feel like is a sign that the sort of general hive mind of the internet wrestling community is starting to pay more attention to impact a little bit more with every passing month with every passing year and 2023 i think can be a really big year for impact if they continue on this trajectory 
I agree. And um, I will just say, um, from a personal perspective, I have given more of my time in 2022 to impact, and it has been a reward to do so. Is everything in impact going to be to your liking? Of course not. Impact is a very mixed bag in certain realms. But when it comes to their, their women's division, you will hardly ever be disappointed, even by the goofy stuff. It's it's all really good and interesting. And when it's not like quality, it's fun. And when it's like weird, it's even better. Like it's just it's pretty much everything you'd want in a women's division. It could carry. I mean, there's so much talent. There's so much interesting thought behind so much of what is happening with their women's division. It could carry a promotion all onto itself. And yet it is just, you know, one part of what makes impact impact. But that being said, like you can watch an episode of Impact Television and feel as if there was like equal, like there was like full parity of booking because there will be almost as many women segments as there are men segments or there will be women incorporated into every segment that is on that episode of television. Like Impact just does it well. So if you give a little bit of your time in 2023, a little bit of your viewing time to Impact, I'm telling you, I think you will find it well worth your time. Proving that sometimes the good guys do win, our next award goes to the best babyface. Please welcome the editor of Women Love Wrestling and writer of the Women of WrestleMania, Jason Norris. Come on, you gunners. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here to present the best babyface award of the year. And when it comes to babyfaces, often people come up to me and say, Jason, what makes a good babyface? And I say to them, them? There are so many things that can make you a babyface in the eyes of the fans. A classic babyface sets an example for everyone who watches them. They fight against injustice. They take on major odds that are against them. They always fight from underneath and they never give up. They always persevere. A good babyface makes you want to be them or to be their friend. And they will have that X factor that just makes you root for them. When I came to thinking about this category myself, I thought about which woman have I been watching in the ring that made me feel what I wanted them to win? Who did I just get behind and pretty much forget that wrestling isn't meant to be real and believed in them? And the nominees for the best babyface category probably made most of you feel that way. The nominees are Bianca Belair, Thunder Rosa, Roxanne Perez, Willow Nightingale, and Edith Surreal. And the glitter bomb goes to Willow Nightingale. For the second year in a row, Willow Nightingale wins Best Baby Face, undefeated for the past two years as Best Baby Face. And last year she took it simply based on independent work. This year she got the AEW bump. So. I, I don't know if anybody has a chance of topping her even next year either. I don't know. She is um, our, yeah, she's kind of our undeniable force when it comes to the baby face energy, right? Because I think even if you look at these nominees, right, you look at Bianca, you look at Thunder, you look at, well, maybe not Roxy, maybe not Roxanne for us, but, and maybe not Israel. But I think something that carries Willow to this to the winner of this category every year is because it's really difficult to imagine Willow as anything but a baby face. Um, maybe a little bit more layered of a baby face, maybe even a tweener, but it's really hard to imagine her full on full heel. 
Whereas, yeah, we've seen Thunder in, in, in heel mode. We've seen Diaka in heel mode. Like, there are versions of that plausible and have been done. Um, with Willow, I, I think people have a hard time envisioning her anything other than, like, somebody you would undeniably want to root for. And that that makes her a, a true and true baby all the way. Yeah, unlike some people, I love a, a strong baby face. And I root for the baby faces more often than not. I under, I understand the people who say, like, oh, I love a heel because it's fun to see them just be so dastardly. But I love a baby face that makes me care about them, that makes me, you know, that makes me believe in kayfabe again, where I go in the match desperately wanting them to win. I'm not just sitting back to enjoy the athleticism and, hey, let's hope this is a good match, where I'm, like, frustrated if they lose, where I'm, like, overjoyed when they win. And... People like Willow, people like Roxanne Perez. Yeah, that's that. I'm, I go back to being like 10 years old again, watching Bret Hart matches and going, please, please, don't let him lose. I can't stand it if he loses. That's the, that's the energy I have watching those two, especially Willow and Roxy, are just like classic baby faces from that mode. Edie, obviously, the love of Edie Surreal is well known around these parts and. I think if she was on a bigger platform, she'd have a strong chance at winning this one too. On the independence, you don't maybe get the chance to do as much character work as you would in AEW or WWE, obviously. You're not doing as many promos. You're not getting video packages or like long-form vignettes. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Although I do think that um, if actively does seek out promotions that give her the opportunity to be more of a fully realized character and have more fully realized feuds than say like other independent promotions that might just use her on a one-off basis and not give her much like storyline to work with. I mean, I think of things like enjoy wrestling that, you know, where Edith is a really like central member of that roster and the storylines they've given her through their, you know, you know, admittedly brief time running have been compelling and have allowed her to shine as a as a hero baby face. And also her work with um, uh, Pride and Vibe and uh, everything that she was able to do with the Killian McMurphy storyline this past summer. Like, I think Edie does continually become this, like, underdog champion that you want to root for, that you want to see best her enemies, whether that's, you know, Ziggy or, or Killian or or even just, you know, opponent of the week. Um, so she does have, like, really, really energetic and charismatic babyface energy. And I do believe she could win this category in a coming year. Uh, that being said, I don't think we will have any lack of accolades for Ms. Surreal. Interesting note about our five nominees in this category. Often, especially in the big promotions, you might not see somebody nominated for best baby face or best heel two years in a row because it's like, oh, they had a big run at the top of the division this year. Next year, they'll be quieter. They'll be lower down on the card and they won't have the storylines to propel them to the spot. Or they'll have a long run as a baby face champ, drop the title and turn heel or vice versa. This category, best baby face, are five nominees Bianca Belair, Thunder Rosa, Willow Nightingale, and Edith Surreal were all top five nominees last year as well. The only difference between the five nominees this year and the five nominees last year is that Roxanne Perez replaced Trisha Dore. 
the timing for these ballots was pretty interesting because it, I, I don't, did voting close before Roxanne became NXT champion? She won the title right near the end of the voting period. So a lot of people had already voted before she won the title. And yeah. a couple of people might have voted after she won the title. But she was, yeah. even before she won the belt, she was already, she was number one contender at the very least when the awards opened. Yeah. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. I think um, she has just, you know, magnetic baby face energy too. She is young. She is plucky. She is somebody who, like, kids especially, like, would absolutely flip out for and root for in the way that, you know, Bailey had that energy. She's so genuine. Like there's yeah. literally they literally have clips of her on Total Divas at ten years old asking Natalia questions from the crowd at a fan fest. You know, like you what you see is what you get with Roxanne. She is yeah. she's wanted this her whole life. She's she's happy to be here. She's so thrilled that she gets to live this dream. She's a wrestling fan. Like like we all are. So how how can you not root for that? You know, I mean, we talked to her like that, that love of her wrestling comes through. And I, I think there it's not just youth that people are rooting for when you were that young and you want it so bad and you are that talented at that age, you know, that the work has been put in to get there and the sacrifices have been made to get there. Um, and I do think that that translates really well to baby to playing a baby face character. I mean, how could she be a heel? She's young and has you know, sacrifice some of her youth experience in order to, you know, be this professional. And I, I, I don't think there's any way not to root for her to succeed. It was a bloody good year for women donning the crimson mask. Here to present the award for best blood is freelance photographer for hire, Ami Morgor. Look, if he paid me my money, he wouldn't have to worry about me shanking him at, oh, you're recording? Warn me next time? Hey folks, it's Amy Morgar from Washington, D.C., and for some reason, I've been asked to present the Glitter Bomb nominees for the Best Blood category as voted by you, the listeners of Grit and Glitter, the podcast. Blood is a special thing in wrestling. It's not a regular occurrence. It changes the mood. That stuff's not supposed to come out, but when it's out, it's indicative that something's gone wrong. It's a visible consequence of their violence. Think of how often you've watched bloodless action sequences from any medium and how you're just supposed to believe that they're hurt solely from acting? Well, seeing blood in wrestling makes you wonder instead, how hard was someone hit? How painful is it for that person? And as they are leaking out that life-precious fluid, how badly do they want to win this match? Or, how much grit do they have? I'm not a corporate wrestling watcher, but I have seen Triple H's statement that uh, the era of blood is over in the WWE. Whatever that means. However, kudos to AEW for willing to show it and embrace it as a fundamental tool in wrestling, as it has been since wrestling was wrestling. And your nominees for Best Blood are Ali Catch, Sawyer Wreck, Rena Yamashita, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Casey Catal. And the glitter bomb goes to 
Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. This is a brand new category this year, probably a one-off category. We, we do a little like one-off category every year just for fun. And uh, I don't know, I guess it's fitting that if you're going to have a category called best blood, it's going to be a dentist who wins it. That's been my experience, at least. I leave the dentist, oof. I, I leave every dentist appointment nominated for best blood myself. I don't think you should be leaving the dentist that bloody. <laughs> Tell that to them. They're like, hey, Ugh. don't you floss? And I say, I do. I don't know what you want from me. I'm, I'm not going to the dentist in Toronto. I've decided. Not, not giving it a try. So Dr. Britt Baker picks up the win here. Is this just a matter of... No shade. Is this just a matter of visibility? Because this is a category where it's Brit and four wrestlers from the independents. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a visibility win here. Not to dismiss Britt Baker. For some, for, for, for somebody who works for a major promotion that has been in some way, in some times, not all, well, not all times, because AEW is pretty good with, you know, showing the color for the men's division and then did right by the women's division to do the same. Um, Britt has bled probably in more matches than any other woman in AEW's women's division. I don't have the exact stats, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she has bled profusely in many, many matches to the point where they, when she had a busted nose from one of her matches, they made a shirt out of it. So yeah, she is probably their bloodiest lady. Um, that being said, does she have the blood? chops to go up against the queen of hardcore the current you know queen of of hardcore casey catal does can she can she begin to go toe-to-toe with rena can she can she like i mean does she even have the blood bona fides of ali i i don't know i don't think so i i think casey could have won this i think casey deserves to have won this i think this is her category in so many ways in a spiritual way. I'm not saying we made this category for Casey Cattell, but I will say that if when I think of somebody who embodies this category, it is Casey Cattell. When you and I were guests on LGBT in the Ring, I was a little snarky about the acclaimed winning match of the year. Yes, you were. And I, I, and I was not. But I guess one could make the same argument for Brit that we did for them, which is... Women don't bleed in WWE. I don't know if any woman has ever bled in WWE. If she has, it's been at least 20 years, and I don't recall off the top of my head. So Britt getting as bloody as she does on television as well, not just on pay-per-view. Like, she's been bloodied all on Turner Broadcasting System, on TNT. Is that... Is that meaningful? Is that more, you know, in a sense, is that more significant than somebody getting busted open on an independent show that airs on IWTV or isn't televised at all? The fact that she is showing to such a huge audience, women can do this, women can look like this as well, and it doesn't have to cost you advertisers. You don't have to jump through the hoops that Mattel sets up for you. Well, I think it's also worth it to say that I don't think that every time that she has shown color on TV, it has been a blade job. I, I think she has, I think they're, she's on record that a couple of these were hard way earns and that deserves that, you know, that deserves attention. And it also, you, you make a really fair point there. It's a, it's a fair comparison too. Um, I just, I don't 
associate Britt Baker with hardcore wrestling so much as having had moments where she has bled in a match. And um, to me, best blood feels like a category that is owned by somebody who bleeds on the regular as part of the, like, very, it's a very heart of what they do in the ring. Um, that is my particular interpretation of it. But I do think that you are correct to say that there is groundbreaking there when it comes to engaging a wider audience with the notion that, you know, these things belong to both divisions in a, in a wrestling promotion. Because if you're watching AEW long enough, you're going to see a lot of blood on the men's side. It's noteworthy that the women are not exempt from this as well. Some looks stop you dead in your tracks. Here to present favorite look or gear is someone who knows a thing or two about capturing those looks for posterity. Give it up for Sophie Vasquez. The category is favorite look or gear. On the indies, the importance of your gear and makeup is how you stand out and express yourself through fashion. The nominees for favorite look or gear are Rhea Ripley, Masha Slamovich, Max the Impaler, Edith Surreal, and Jade Cargill. And the Glitter Bomb goes to Edith Surreal. Congratulations. Okay, so of the 10 awards in this year's Glitter Bomb, M, this was the closest race. Edith Surreal picked up the win by a single vote over last year's winner, Maxim Paler. Last year, Edie was the runner-up. They switched, they flipped it. Number one and number two. Uh, well, I would say what has changed, but it literally could have just been like one person didn't get their vote in on time. And we probably said the same thing last year, but I love that Edie and Max are the number one and number two in this category because they are like, they are that meme of the two wolves inside you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're very, uh, they're, they're very much occupied different, different aesthetic camps, um, which I think that they would have appreciate. So um, I, I, again, I went on and on last year, but I will never not be impressed by Max's um, gear. I will never be not like just completely wowed by the attention to detail and how they um, have evolved it so beautifully. And it just, it, there's always extra layers added on. There's always minor tweaks that make it look a little different as the, as the months go by. I, I think they really have like honed that look into something special. Um, so that being said, our winner, uh, Edie, uh, I, I I don't know if you can really quite get how gorgeous her gear is unless you see it in person. And Harley, did you see, was was Edith at Enjoy the first time you saw her gear in person? Was this the first time you saw her in person? No, she came to um, Demand Lucha in Toronto earlier in May, and I got to meet her in person then. But okay. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, how many masked women are there wrestling outside of Mexico? Three? Um, there are like, there are some, not many, not a ton, and not in the style of mask that that Edie wears. Like, there's all there's your more classic like Lucha style face mask, but um, Edie does a different type of mask style that you don't see very often on men or women wrestlers. There's that. Uh, she does have uh, different types of her gear. I, I will say her gear generally has a wider range than Max's. Like we've seen Edie had the, she had the Mortis inspired gear. She's had different variations, things like that. 
which really stands out. What's most interesting to me maybe this time around is, so Edith picks up the win over Maxine Paler, Masha Slamovich, Rhea Ripley, Jade Cargill. Uh, I would say that the other four are kind of all like of one type, which is like scary badass ass kickers. <laughs> and that's nothing against Edie. Like obviously she can win matches too, but she's not like scary. Like she's pretty. She's like elegant in that way. Uh, unlike Jade or Max who walk out and they tower over you and they're imposing. It's a different kind of look. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to do disservice to, to the other nominees here. And I think Jade, um, deserves a lot of props for her, um, her creativity when it comes to having to, you know, having a gear story that has to sell her like, you know, bad bitch persona, but also like be interesting to look at and, and change it up from time to time. And she does a really cool thing with pay-per-views of doing, um, of, of doing cosplay inspired looks that I think are really neat. Um, Aside from the one time where she painted herself green, I didn't think that worked. But otherwise, I think a lot of her um, ideas and her like passions come out in in the gear story, and she always looks just unbelievably phenomenal. So like, cannot just be that at all. And it shows you what like a big platform, big promotions page can do for a gear story. Um, and of course, I always love what Rhea's wearing because Rhea is Rhea Ripley. Um, but I do think that Edie just has a style all to her own and it works so singularly for her. It's beautiful to look at. It's more detailed the more you look at it in person. Um, her like her masks are often echoed in the detailed styling in the like little details on the, the gear. So there's everything is cohesive, everything is paid attention to. It's lovely to look at. Clearly perfectly functional as here, but it is, it is like, you know, so much of what she does, uh, you know, a representation of, of the art that is Edith Surreal. So this to me is a very, very credible win. This is Edith Surreal's fourth Glitter Bomb after winning Best Ring Entrance, Match of the Year, and Favorite Wrestler last year. Edith now ties EO Sky for the all-time Glitter Bomb record of four. Everything can change in 12 months. Honoring the breakout stars of 2022, here to present the Future Star Award is proprietor of Combat Fights Unlimited, Mayday! Personally, I think we're all stars. Get your game on, go play. But in a wrestling context, there are definitely breakout stars. What's the old saying? It takes years to become an overnight sensation? That's definitely true in pro wrestling. Someone can toil away on the indies for years at a time before finally getting their big break on the big stage. You don't always have control or even know when that big break is going to come, so you got to stay ready at all times. Carpe that diem. With all that said, there were a number of breakout stars this year. Sadly, we can only give the Future Star Award to one. The nominees are Willow Nightingale, AEW, Masha Slamovich, Impact Wrestling, and ZFU, Roxanne Perez, WWE, Becca, Independent Circuit, and Kid Bandit, Independent Circuit. And the Glitter Bomb goes to NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez. The former Roxy started the year as Ring of Honor Women's Champion and finished as NXT Women's Champion. I think that pretty much says it all. It's nowhere to go but up, and in the words of Macho Man Randy Savage, sky's the limit, yeah! So congratulations to Roxanne Perez, and we cannot wait to see where you go from here.
five five deserving competitors here for sure. But the fact that, as Mayday just said, Roxanne Perez started the year as ROH Women's Champion, signed with WWE, ended the year as NXT Women's Champion. It's very hard to argue with that trajectory for Future Star. Yep. There's, yeah, sorry. There's, this made, this made too much sense not to be the obvious winner. Yeah. And it's a real testament to Roxanne that she was able to beat Willow because Willow, very popular as uh, we've seen already tonight. Yeah. Our voters need no excuse to vote for Willow. Um, but again, like I don't even watch NXT and I, I, put down Roxanne like because it it's just it makes too much sense of course she's a future star we knew she was a we knew she was a star the minute that we saw her in reality of wrestling and wanted to talk to her and the minute that she started making ROH appearances and and became their women's champion and like all of it was a very very quick forward motion for her she she became a hotly signed NXT um addition in like the like the tiny window between ROH being a promotion and not really being a promotion anymore, she was the she was like the phoenix out of that ash, like Roxanne of everyone. So like it's just yeah, I know it makes it makes way too much sense for this this not to be the winner. Yeah, I mean you think Future Star, there's no reason she can't be one of the top women in WWE for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years, especially since Vince McMahon is no longer in charge. And there's a there's a decent chance that she'll be treated well on the main roster in a way that other, like, easy babyface layups like Sami Zayn and Bayley struggled when they first arrived on the, on the main roster and weren't treated with the handling that they should have. Like, I, yeah. very strong chance that Roxanne... You know, one day we'll be talking about Roxanne Perez in the same way that we talk about Trish Stratus, in the same way that we talk about Vita or Medusa. Yeah, I mean, if she stays healthy, if the booking stays consistent for her, uh, there's no reason why she won't be the big, like one of the biggest women, like names in women's wrestling in the next ten years. Like she is, absolutely has everything it takes. She is star. She has star quality. We've already talked about what makes her a. a a phenomenal baby face in this moment, but think of all the evolutions of her career to come. She is so early on and she has already accomplished so much. I, I, I'm truly excited for her. Future star almost feels redundant at this point because she definitely is a star. She is now NXT champion. She is definitely going where hopefully we'll see her make the most of that and they'll make the most out of booking that. Um, but yeah, this guy really is the limit for her. I, my only sadness is I don't know how much any like international work she got to do prior to getting signed by WWE. And I would have loved to see her be able to shine that way. But who knows? I mean, wrestling is changing and barriers and walls are being broken down every fucking day. Like we're getting partnerships that we never thought were possible before. So in the next 10 years, who knows what she could be a part of? I really hope um, for the best for her and, uh, the future is so bright for Roxanne. I just so, so bright. This is just, this makes all the sense in the world. 
An invaluable part of any wrestling show is the on-air personalities who don't ever lock up in the ring. Honoring the broadcasters, referees, managers, and authority figures, here to present the award for outstanding performer in a non-wrestling role are the guitarist and vocalist of the garage punk band Cheap Pop and the stylist to the stars of Limitless, Jackie Pratt and Megan Nielsen. So, Megan, tell me a little bit about your thoughts surrounding people of marginalized genders in non-wrestling roles in wrestling right now. Yeah, you know, I actually think it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm not going to say a golden age because improvements can be made, but I feel like it's kind of a boom era, so to speak, for sort of not just women, but honestly, like, queer and non-binary people in these sort of external wrestling roles. I think it's really cool that there's even enough prominent voices like that in the community that we can have this category to talk about. It's a pretty cool category. And we've seen not only an increase of people of marginalized genders in these worlds, we've seen an increase of Black people, of Brown people, of all different types of people from different backgrounds. And it's so refreshing to see different takes on being a manager, different styles of being a valet, even someone who is in a kind of invisible role like a referee, even being able to see different bodies kind of hold court and keep the chaos in check is really, yeah, I think you were right when you say we're in a little bit of a boom of this. I just think it's valuable because besides the representation that we can see in the ring itself, if those stories are still kind of being told especially like a the like announcement or commentary lens of like white dudes we're still missing a valuable perspective and voice in the art of wrestling so any voices i would say yes exactly so i think it's awesome that we're starting to see more and more different types of people in these in these roles and more people to celebrate in the glitter bombs such as these so, without further ado, the nominees for Outstanding Performer in a Non-Wrestling Role are... Veda Scott, Renee Paquette, Gina Monti, Val Capone, and Brittany Nicole Holton. And the Glitter Bomb goes to... For the third year in a row, Veda Scott! Woo! Congratulations, Veda. We love you here at Grit and Glitter and are so proud to have you representing us now for three years in this category. It's true. I am a longtime Veda Scott stan. History right here, folks. This is the fourth annual Glitter Bombs. Veda Scott is the first person to win the same award three times. As a result, obviously, the first person to win the same award three years in a row. And this category was the biggest blowout in this year's awards. 39% of voters vote Veda's name down in this category. More than a third of people who voted, voted for Veda. Just unstoppable in this category. (laughs) 
What do you think? I mean, in the, in the same way that I asked about Bailey, like, what do you think clinches this category for beta year after year? Yeah, so I I did put a lot of thought into that. I do, I will say, with no shade to beta, not to put an asterisk on anything, I do think this is a category where commentators and, uh, I don't know, commentators definitely have an easier chance of winning it than referees, I think, because referees, they're, they're meant to be invisible. They're meant to not be noticed. So the fact that Gina Monti got nominated here, the fact that Aubrey Edwards won the first year, Aubrey Edwards is the only person to win this award besides Veda, that's a testament to those two personalities. But then you would think, even more so than broadcasters who are meant to be impartial and just kind of call the action, it would be easier for an authority figure type like a Sonia Deville or a manager or a valet to win this award. And we didn't have any of those people nominated. Vicky Guerrero's not on the list, Rebel's not on the list, Zelina Vega, any of the other women who are around at ringside in in the men's corner, which is a lot of the women in AEW. A lot of of the AEW women tend to do more valet work than wrestle, at least on weekly TV. Instead, we wound up with referee Gina, commentators Veda, Renee, and Val Capone. Well, Renee's a broadcaster, but you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. Brittany Nicole Hotland, who is also commentator, announcer, and owner of the promotion Elevate Pro out of Louisiana. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's cool to see some new names on this list. I mean, I know that we have a three-time winner in this category now, but it, I mean, aside from Beta, were any of these names on last year's nominees? No, that's the other thing that's fascinating about this, is the other four nominees in this category were not nominated last year. It was a completely different top five last year. That's very cool. So it's a real change-up of things there. Like Gina Monty was refereeing a lot on IWTV events this year, so raised profile there. Renee Paquette signing with AEW and returning to network television, obviously raised their profile. And Val Capone and Brittany, just the people who like them, love them, and make sure to put the effort to vote for them. And they just are building their resumes slowly but surely getting to this point that's cool i mean that's what our awards are kind of all about too like we're we want to celebrate everybody here we want to celebrate everybody who's doing good work and if that means that you know the the small but mighty fan base of a commentator or promotion owner came forward to like get that person's name out that's awesome that's great we, we want to recognize these people. It's really cool to get to say Brittany and Gina and Val's names along the side of Renee, who you know has had national broadcasting gigs. It is certainly a well-known like well-known quantity um, in uh, in contrast to you know some of the other nominees. Like she has a much much higher profile, and yet this category covers. The, the, you know, the biggest stages and the smallest stages, and it gives everybody accolades in that regard, which is cool. That's why I love the Glitter Bombs. It's what we're here to do. Yeah, it's really crazy, though, still to think that we've got three, I mean, maybe four or five, but at least three main weekly WWE television shows, two for AEW, one for Impact, and none of them have a woman sitting in the booth or a non-binary person sitting in the booth week to week. It's still all men teams on all these shows. Renee got a shot 
for a while in WWE, and I think mm-hmm. maybe even she would admit that commentary isn't her strongest suit. She's like much better in the interview kind of capacity. But it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I'm the person now saying like, okay, yeah, cool. Vader won this three years in a row on the Indies. So hello, like, why aren't any of you knocking on their doorstep with a contract? Why isn't Impact saying like? Let's get Vader on the team every week. Like, why isn't Tony Khan saying we need Vader as co-commentator on Rampage or something instead of the usual voice club? In an industry built on settling every problem through violence, it helps to have backup. Presenting favorite tag team or stable is wrestling translator and writer for PWI and post-wrestling, Karen Peterson. Hey, Karen. When it comes to tag team wrestling, there's nothing I love more than a pair or stable that are able to thrive together, even if they're usually singles wrestlers. The keystones of any great tag team include synchronicity, trust, the perfect hot tag, a killer duo finisher, and you know, I love a good banging theme music for the group and matching gear. Larger companies have admittedly struggled to find the right recipe when it comes to creating solid tag teams, as many of their wrestlers see individual success long before they're put together with another single star to bolster a tag division. Often the mixture doesn't always lead to immediate or long-term success, but slowly tag teams and stables are coming together with genuine staying power and rejuvenating interest in tag team wrestling. Recently, there's been an uptick in mixed-gender wrestling, opening audiences to the possibility of a more equitable wrestling scene, where everyone is treated as equals. Moving away from the can-they-coexist-and-everyone's-a-frenemy tropes, the rise of bona fide tag teams and stables gives me hope for a wrestling scene that values teamwork making the dream work and where everyone succeeds. The nominees for favorite tag team or stable are Damage Control Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai. Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. Bussy, with Allie Catch and Effie. The Production, Ziggy Heim and Derek Dillinger. And Sasha Banks and Naomi. And the glitter bomb goes to. Bussy! For the second year in a row, Favorite tag team or stable goes to a mixed gender team. Last year, Kings of the District. This year, Bussy. I mean, I, I think our I think our listeners have have a type, <laughs> for lack of a better term. I, I think our I think our listeners have promotions they gravitate to, and we definitely have promotions that we shout out a little bit more than others. And those tend to be the promotions that Kings of the District and Bussy and other favorite tag teams work. Um, but yeah, I mean, also. Buffy just has a undeniable charisma factor, and um, it's hard to deny that that pool, that draw that both uh, Effie and Allie have. And when you put those two together, it's just, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like, in July, they were in one match for the Enjoy uh, Tag Tournament, and the crowd ate them up in their one match, their one entrance, um, wanted more, demanded more, we're talking about them all night, and yet they were only in one match. There were tag teams that were in in more than one match. There were tag teams that have been, you know, more present and enjoy in a more consistent fashion, but Bussy remains on the top of everybody's request 
list whenever they, you know, announce a new Enjoy show. And that's just one promotion, you know. This is probably true of anywhere that Buffy gets booked. So I know, I know our listeners, our listeners love them some Effie and Alley. And some WWE, apparently, too. On the PWI Take Team 100, they were the highest ranked independent team to feature a woman. Okay. So there's there's that, for sure. And I believe they won the QWI Award for Favorite Take Team as well. I think so. Please don't hold me to that, Brian Bell. I think so as well. So real testament to them. And then WWE picking up three nominees in this category, which is a real change from a couple of years ago when you would have got maybe one. And that's a show of how much people like damage control, how present toxic attraction were. Toxic attraction were either the number one or number two act in NXT this year with Braun Breaker. They were on almost every episode. They were featured regularly as a trio. They're still going to be featured regularly as a duo going forward. I don't know if they'll have as strong of an impact without Mandy Rose as part of the group. And then Sasha and Naomi take champs and then walked out. <laughs> so the fact that they were gone half the year and still got a nominee is, I think, again, a sign of how much those two wrestlers are loved. And again, we talk so much about Impact Wrestling. Impact has women's take titles, unlike AEW. They have take titles. You've got Death Dolls. You've got Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. You had VXT earlier in the year. And when the PWI Take Team 100 came out and there were no Impact Knockouts take teams on the list, I was surprised. And sure enough, no Knockouts take teams nominated here either. Yeah, I mean... Uh, admittedly, of the things that Impact does well in the women's division, their tag team division is, it, it's cool that they have one and they, they book it decently. It, um, it's a little bit more scattered in its booking. Um, it, the tag titles for their women's division don't quite really measure up to like knockouts title. They, they don't really have the same exact prestige, but they do consistent booking with it. So I'm a little surprised we don't see an Impact tag team listed here. Um, but I, Again, like this, we've got two like of our favorites from a couple of the independent promotions that we know our listeners watch, and then three tag teams from the world's biggest promotion. So it's it's kind of an even spread here. And the Sasha and Naomi nomination here, I think, is as much in solidarity with what they did and you know the the leverage that they hopefully have in the future um, as it is the work that they were doing in the ring. Not to say that either of them are doing phenomenal work in the ring. It's just, I think this was also a solidarity nomination. Championship defenses, a new belt, a steel cage match, and the first all-trans women main event. These were your matches of the year. Please welcome back gear maker to the stars through Daryl Apparel, Val Quartz. Hello. I'm so excited to be back for the prestigious Glitter Bombs and to be presenting such an exciting and important category, Match of the Year. I'm always interested to know people's Match of the Year because we all experience wrestling in such different ways. A good match to some people might be based on the skill of the wrestler, the technicality of the moves they use, and others may best remember gimmick or weapons matches that cover that mat and blood. Maybe it's the chemistry of the people in the ring or their ability to surprise us with something that we haven't seen before. I know I personally always remember matches based on the story being told and the emotions that the match makes me feel. 
I'm just a big softie like that. Whatever criteria you used casting your votes, the results are in. And the nominees for match of the year are Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in a steel cage, AEW Dynamite. Kyrie versus Mayu Iwatani, New Japan Stardom Historic Crossover. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, AEW Full Gear. Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovic, Impact Bound for Glory. And Candy Lee versus Dark Sheik versus Edith Surreal, Paris is Bumping, The Legends Ball. And the glitter bomb goes to Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovic, Impact Wrestling. Okay, big news all around in this one. I had mentioned earlier in the show, and, and I knew that was a bit of foreshadowing for you. For you listeners, I mentioned earlier in the show, in the previous three years of the Glitter Bombs, Impact Wrestling had only taken home one award, 2019 Feud or Storyline of the Year, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan. Now, for the second time in Glitter Bomb history, Impact has taken home an award, thanks to Jordan and Amasha, at Bound for Glory. This is also the first time a Match of the Year winner has just been two wrestlers wrestling. 2019, yeah. it was War Games. 2020, it was Hell in a Cell. 2021, it was Mask versus Hair. False Count Anywhere. This year, it's just Jordan and Masha beating the hell out of each other. No weapons, no cages, no <laughs> outside interference. Just two wrestlers going at it for the top prize in their company. And it's so cool that it's so cool to see that they that they that was enough. Yeah, I mean to be fair, when it's Jordan and Masha, you really don't want to add too much else into it well they did for the rematch i mean they did <laughs> yes and, and and we saw what happened there um you didn't really need it in this match i've gone on and on about this match this was my pick for match of the year in our match of the year episode me and mayday covered this after bound for glory uh first came out like this match blows me away it blew me away when i watched it the first time it blew me away the second time i watched it and will be one of my favorites. It'll be the one that I keep showing people to sell them on Impact and to sell them on Jordan and Masha and Women's Wrestling. It is a beautiful, perfect encapsulation of everything that can make women's wrestling so dynamic and interesting and compelling to watch. It merges some of my favorite stuff from um, from modern wrestling to um, it, classic AJW, like, it, it's just got everything you need in a women's wrestling match. It's everything you need in a wrestling match. It is one of the best wrestling matches of the year. Not women's, not asterisk, just wrestling matches. Um, I'm so glad this one. It has, it really has remained one of my favorite things I've watched all year in any division, in any promotion. It is absolutely a stellar match, and if you still haven't seen it, please make a point to not finish out 2022 without catching this fantastic match uh, between Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich for the Knockouts Championship. Their follow-up match is is um, every bit as good. Uh, for me, though, this one took it uh, for the pure delight surprise factor just how into this match it gets. I'll tell you how good this match is. This match is so good that I have watched this match four times, and every time I watch it, I forget the outcome, and that's what you need. That's what that's that really tells you how good a match is, because you will momentarily forget who's going to win it, even though you absolutely know it because it never changes after the first time you see it. Um, and yet, there's always a little moment in my brain where I forget who is going to be the victor in this match. 
please, please watch this. This is our match of the year. Rightfully so. The other nominees in this category, a really, really interesting field. We've got the all-trans main event of Candy Lee, Dark Sheik, and Edith Surreal at Paris's Bumping the Legends Ball. we got Kyrie and Mayuri Watani to crown the first IWGP Women's Champion. And that's really notable because our listeners, for whatever reason, our voters, we don't get a lot of Joshi representation on in the glitter bombs not as much as you would think considering how much you see it in the pwi awards in different categories like we i don't think we had any other joshis nominated this year outside of this category but Kyrie and mayu was that big of a match on in that big of a company that everybody heard about it and people went out of the way to go and see it and it managed to make it onto this list yeah i, I think it's interesting we don't have more joshi representation overall on our list but i also do understand that we we don't as a as a general just not ruled just as a general practice we don't cover purely joshi i think if we covered more joshi on a more regular basis we might have more listeners who would plugged into that world um but there is so much wrestling there's just so much wrestling on our end it's a lot of accessibility uh issues mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to access aw dynamite than it is to access some of these TJPW or the lesser stardom shows. And I mean, frankly, um, we cover what we are accessing on the regular and we're most plugged into just on a general basis. And although I have tried to keep up with my TJP watching and I still check in on Get to Move and I am going to make a, a avid concerted effort to uh, plug into stardom this year, I, I, I just, there are things that have my commitment every week and then there are things that have my interest every week and my interests don't always win out over my commitments if that makes any sense and i know the same is true for our listeners two nominees for AEW featuring four different women tony and jamie Hayter at full gear Britt and thunder rosa in a steel cage on saint patrick's day interesting there maybe a sign that the AEW women's division is turning a corner as you said earlier also, very notable, this is the first time in Glitter Bomb history that WWE hasn't had a match nominated. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch at WrestleMania came in sixth. Just missed the cut. I am surprised that that didn't make our top five. Um, I'm kind of surprised that that's here and Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa is. Not that I don't think the Steel Cage match was, was great and it was a great triumphant moment for Thunder Rosa. Probably the last triumphant moment she will ever have in AEW. She was shame. And Tony Storm versus JB Hader was a really, really stellar match um, at full gear. And, uh, you know, JB Hader is already proving her mettle as both a champion and a person to watch in ring, but also as a ratings getter. Because if anyone was paying attention to last week when they, after her and Sheeta made a vent at that dynamite, there was a definitive rating spike right around the time that that match aired. And that means that these women are a ratings draw for AEW. The match is inclusion in this category, two matches from AEW, two women's matches from AEW in this category. That is also proof that people are watching and remembering this. They are retaining these matches. These matches are making lists. Are they, are they on Meltzer's top five, top or five star rankings? No, because Meltzer sucks at ranking women's wrestling, but they are making lasting impressions and they are evidence that AEW, when it is booking women's wrestling in any kind of compelling way, those women are delivering results that stick with viewers. So 
Take that what you do it. Take that for what you will. Yeah, Bianca and Becky not making it into the top five was very surprising to me. And it's not simply a matter of, well, we don't cover WWE too often on this podcast because we just had three WWE nominees in the previous category. We just had Roxanne Perez and Bailey walk away with awards tonight on the very show. So, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. I know I, one might argue that matches like Tony versus Jamie, because they're more fresh in the memory, they get a little bit of a higher, higher bump than things that happened nine months ago. That's always a possibility. But Bryn Rosa was back in March as well. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, I'd be very curious to know. Uh, why our listeners lean the way they did. But Jordan versus Masha is the right choice, in my opinion. The following award is your main event, and it's for your favorite wrestler. Introducing first, from Pittsburgh and Toronto, they are the founders of Grit and Glitter. From the 412 and the 6, they are M. Fear and Harley R. Paget. Okay, we've made it. It is the final category of the night. No special guest presenters for this. This is our baby. We founded this podcast. We started this award. We rented this venue. We paid for the eclairs and the empanadas in the green room. We get to present the big one. Yeah, I, I hope that nobody ate the combined eclair empanadas because those, um, I think I think the caterer was getting a little uh, cute and uh, they did not sit well. Um, yeah, don't don't touch the and the clairdas. The category is Favorite Wrestler. It's the top award at the Glitter Bombs. It's the most prestigious award. 2019 and 2020, it was won back-to-back by the woman now known as EO Sky. Back then, she was EO Shirai. Last year, Edith Surreal picked up the win. This year, Edie is nominated, along with four other names you know, one of them just recently signed with AEW, but basically this is like five independent wrestlers, which is kind of, which is so interesting because we just had a category with two AEW and one New Japan. We just had a category with three WWE nominees. So then we get to this this one, our final category, and it's almost all independent wrestlers. What does that say about our listeners? It says our listeners are watching the independence and they're watching what we're covering too. It says that the very things that we are drawn to are what are bringing our listenership. And I think we're all on the same page here. Do we have the widest listener base? Probably not. Do we have the most mainstream listener base for wrestling? Probably not. We have a listener base that is plugged into stuff that is exciting on the independence and they are responding to a poll like ours, to a, to a, a ballot like ours with the names that are leaving the most indelible impressions in those indies. And when you look at this list of names, you're looking at five really buzzed names from 2022. Like you are looking at the, like the buzzworthy names from this year, some of whom have been working for a couple of years, some of whom have been working for a long time. And that is awesome. I love that we have a widespread of age and experience on this list. Without further ado, the nominees for Favorite Wrestler are... Willow Nightingale. Edith Surreal. Dark Sheep. Ziggy Hyam. And Billy Stark. And the 2022 Glitter Bomb for Favorite Wrestler goes to... Go ahead, Harley. For the second year in a row, Edith Surreal. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Grit and Glitter is one of my favorite podcasts, and it's just, it's so cool to be... 
mentioned and nominated and and to win is amazing so favorite wrestler and best look that's so cool and apparently this now i have the record for the most glitter bombs of any wrestler which is what you're crazy <laughs> uh, but yeah thank you so much for everyone for supporting me and voting for me and and everything so thank you thank you thank you this is so funny to me <laughs> not not in like a not in a haha way in a in four years of Glitter Bombs, we've only had two people win this award. 2019-2020, <laughs> EO Sky. 2021-2022, Edith Surreal. Two winners, back-to-back. Just, like, just holding this award hostage. So, clearly, to win a uh, favorite wrestler in the Glitter Bombs, your name has to begin with a, with a long E sound. So, EO Shirai, Edith Surreal. So, who does that really leave? As I mentioned earlier in the night, when Edie won Favorite Looker Gear, she tied EOS Sky's record of four glitter bombs. With this win, she passes EO. Edith Surreal is the only five time glitter bomb award winner in history. That is right. And feels right. Feels feels good. I mean, what can we say? If you're this if you're listening to the show now, you're probably a fan. Evita Surreal, and there's a reason, right? Our our listenership, our, the people, kind of people who listen to our show, kind of people who vote in our awards, they probably watched Shakara or followed Shakara to an extent, a little bit, maybe like I did. I was too late to the party. I'm sure they watch Enjoy Wrestling regularly. I'm sure they watch PW Vibe and Camp Leapfrog and promotions like that, and they know Edie. And if you know Edie, you love her. How can you not? What's not to love, honestly. In my in my tiny little apartment, I have art. I have a portrait of her that like an illustrated portrait of her that she did on my wrestle shrine in our bedroom. I have a still life with apricots and pears poster hanging in the living room. I have an enamel pin on our printer's drawer, also in the living room. Like we, I've got a hoodie hanging in the closet. Like, and I don't buy a ton of wrestling merch. I'm not one of these people who has 50 wrestling shirts. But I have a ton of Edith Surreal merch just because, A, well, A, all her merch is incredible and looks so beautiful. But B, like, because I love her that much and I, I'm that much of a fan. She did. She designed the freaking Grit and Glitter logo. Okay, she designed the award, the logo, which we used to make the award pins, which she then won. <laughs> yeah. Um, that felt a little weird. <laughs> Here's your art on a pin. What's not to love about Edith Surreal? I mean, like, the perfect balance of, of grace and power in the ring, presentation, A+, plus, um, as we've already talked about, aesthetic and gear, incredible, um, is aided in her merchandise and just overall effect by the fact that she is a brilliant graphic designer with a gorgeous eye. Um, and, like, to boot, is uh, sorry. I, I hope that Edith doesn't turn heel soon because a uh, very, very lovely person, just genuinely lovely person, a person that you want to root for in the ring and in life in general. Um, I also think a lot of our listeners connected with her in a very personal way because she told her personal story on IWTV through their like their you know video diary series, and that got to. That got her fans to, to understand her in a way that, like, 
maybe they they didn't get to learn or know her it before and that's super compelling so yeah she's a favorite reason, wrestler for a reason like people love edith surreal people want to see her perform they want to be with her in that moment when she you know when she triumphs we feel in some way that we have triumphed and that is um that's a rare quality for a wrestler you know that's like your that's i mean who who can claim that who can claim truly claim that they make the whole audience feel as if the victory is theirs as well that's that's a super rare quality and edith has it in spades i did think there was a very good chance that willow would take this this year simply because yeah everything we just said about edie you could kind of say about willow too she and she also got a life of documentary on IWTV this year, but Willow had the bump of being on weekly television as well. So I thought there was a chance that she was going to take it, but she just narrowly lost out to Edie. Noteworthy here, Edie Willow and Ziggy Hyam were all in the top five last year as well. The only Mm -hmm. differences from last year's top five to this year is that Dark Sheik and Billy Starks replace Trisha Dora and Maxine Paler. Which isn't really a shade to Trisha Max. I think it's just a testament to like the year that Billy Starks had and the consistency that Dark Sheik has had. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about Dark Sheik uh, with Brian for their podcast. Um, Dark Sheik was uh, a, a big winner over there. So um, it's cool to see Sheik's name amongst this list because I tend to think of her as a standard bearer for what independent wrestling can be, especially among, um, you know, women and, and wrestlers of marginalized genders. And I think for so many, Dark Sheik has paved, has paved the way. And I think she continues to do so. Um, she has, she is, it, it's funny to think of her as a veteran, but in comparison to other names on this list, she, she is the veteran name here. And yet she is breaking ground as much as she is, she's breaking ground for herself. She continually breaks ground for her own abilities and her own presence and everything that she's doing, as well as doing it for other people. So um, there's really no end to her abilities as both a wrestler and as a force in wrestling. Um, and then it's really, and then just go to the opposite spectrum, it's really cool to see that Billy Starks is on this list and it's proof to how fucking hard that kid is working this year. She is all, everywhere, all over the place, doing her thing, living her dream, being a team. <laughs> I think it's just phenomenal. And that brings us to the end of another Glitter Bombs. Thank you to all our presenters. Thank you to Ian Riccoboni. Thank you to our tireless announcer, Rich Fan. Maybe you can host one of these years. <laughs> we'll see. And congratulations again to all our winners. Congratulations to all time winner Edith Surreal let the records show Edith Surreal holds the all-time record of five wins followed by EO Sky at four Bailey Willow Nightingale and Veda Scott at three they are your faves of faves and for the people who say like oh you don't talk about WWE enough you don't talk about whatever WWE has won 13 glitter bombs AEW has only won eight and Impact has only won two so WWE is still leading the pact, really, in the four-year history of the Glitter Bombs. Okay, everybody, step up your impact watching for 2023 so that we can, like, really take over next year. 
Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for voting. We'll see you right here again next December 1st when voting opens for the fifth annual Litter Bombs. In the meantime, you can always follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. If you follow us on Patreon, we have two tiers. One dollar gets you a weekly newsletter written by us and our friends in the Glitterati. And it's just a token, one dollar a month, to show us that you care and that you want us to continue doing the things that we do. Five dollars gets you the newsletter, gets you bonus podcasts like Grit, Glitter, and Glow, where Em and Val Quartz watch the Netflix series Glow, and Women's Wrestling Entertainment, where Em and I trace the history of women in the WWE. We've had eight episodes of that out already. And a ninth episode will be coming in the next couple of weeks where we look at a history of women in WCW from 1972 to 1993. It's a ride. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who supported us on Patreon this month, including Alex E., Nancy Todd, Chad Boykin, John Armstrong, Aaron Carlisle, Evan Minsker, Lars Brown, Jason Norris, and the folks at the Wrestling Mayhem Show. If you join that list in January, we'll shout out your name at the end of January as well. Yeah, just a reminder, when you join our Patreon, you're not just getting freebies for, or not freebies, you're paying for it. You're not just getting perks for yourself, but you're also giving us money to put right back into the wrestling ecosystem. In 2023, we strive to continue sponsoring the promotions and the wrestlers that you love. So help us help them. Give us your money so we can give it right back into the wrestling that we know that you enjoy. Next week on the show this coming Tuesday. It is January 3rd. It is 2023. We will be kicking off 2023 the same way we kick off every year. We'll be making some New Year's resolutions, some hopes and wishes for the new year. We'll be looking back at our New Year's resolutions from last year to see if we met them or if we failed as soon as we forgot about them two weeks later. And we'll be looking ahead to 2023 Maybe using the glitter bombs as a bit of a barometer to wonder, like, can what is next for future star Roxanne Perez? Can AEW continue to capitalize on the biggest signing of the year, Willow Nightingale? Where does Bussy go from here? Could the favorite take team be one of the first IWTV take team champions? Ooh.